Hey y'all, I'm Elliot Hall. Welcome to another episode of the Journey to St. Andrews podcast. So, I have just finished all of my catch-up episodes, and hopefully if you've been following along, that brought you up to speed on everything from September all the way through January, and the hecticness that was my life, and now things are starting to feel like they're calming down a little bit. There's still plenty to do at the at the brewery and the business, and of course, uh, got a toddler who's growing like crazy in a new house that we've got to uh, get all set up, but outside of everything else, it feels much calmer. So, very excited to be able to just move into the next step and also get much more on track with this podcast because I can't describe how excited I really am. Get to go to St. Andrews, dream, get to go and play there, and hopefully I I have the opportunity to go and do that soon. So, it'd be great to get up there and not shoot 100, not shoot 10. But, that all being said, I haven't taken lessons. I know I haven't been posting, but I haven't taken some lessons. Playing when I can, and I'm working on my golf swing. I've also uh, been able to set up a golf simulator. Simulator's a long shot term, I guess. Right now, we're doing a net basement, but I have in that new home I was talking about. I've got my unfinished basement. Practicing there, at least for muscle memory, I have plans to build that out into a bona fide simulator. And I've already mentioned this, but if you want a simulator, and I've always thought about getting one, but thought it without a price range, I really would recommend you go back and look. You can really DIY them for less than $1,000 all in and search for deals on Prime Day and stuff like that. You can find some really good deals to, to build it out. And you don't have to spend that 1000 up front. You can start with a net, then move on to a putting green, and then a Garmin R10 or some of the other more affordable ball trackers that they have out there, which are very accurate. So, Moving on from that, I recently took a lesson with Jason, and like you probably heard me go on and preach about, <laughs> I have to improve from 70 yards in. Then chipping and putting are where I really need to practice. I actually keep score now of what it takes for my putts on the individual scorecards, so that way I can go back and look and go, oh, oh, I just bo- bogeyed that, that par three. No, I didn't. I got it within like 30 feet, or I put it on the green from the tee box, and then I threw that it to get a bogey, or double bogey. So, really need to improve that 70 yards in, and definitely around the green. So, with that being said, Jason has been focused on those two things, and right now I'm trying to move through my wedges. I've got a 60, 56, and a 52. I am really trying to learn how to use all of them most appropriately, because it's much easier, at least for me at my skill level right now, to take a full swing with my 52 and know how far it's going to go. Same with my 56 and same with my 60. Because, like I've been talking about, is I work through a lot of swing mechanics and I've got to a much more comfortable swing that I have going on. Now, that being said, there is a lot of nuance that you can do with wedges. If you're an experienced golfer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But right now, I'm just trying to make sure I know by full swing 52, it's going to go 70 yards. If I full swing my 56, it's going to go 45 yards. And if I full swing my 60, it's going to go 25, 30 yards, whatever it is. And that's what I'm working on while then trying to fill in the gaps on learning how to, in my head, say, all right, I'm 20 yards out. I only need to swing this far, or I only need to really put my shoulders into this 
or I need to speed up faster on my approach to the ball and just trust that I'm not going to hit it fat, which you've all been there. <laughs> you're looking at an up and down, or you're looking at putting it on to putt for birdie, and then you go and grasp a foot behind the ball on the on the chip, and you just feel like shit. So trying to do less and less of that. And with that, I just I haven't been able to put up I was mentioned this in the last podcast. I just haven't been able to find the, the, the mental things that I need to do. I understand. I give what I'm not doing right, but I need to relate that into a physical action and then create that that connection between my brain and my body to know what I need to do better when I'm actually in the moment. Some of it's just not being prepared. Some of it's getting up there trying to keep up or people are already on the green or you got somebody behind you and I just get up there and go, okay, all right, let's, let's smack away at it. And then the next thing you know, you're playing army golf back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So it's again, it's about patience. It's about knowing what you can do out there. But it's about getting out, getting out there and practicing. And one of the neat things that Jason did was he has this plastic, like a plastic thin piece of plastic that's about four inches by 10 inches. It's a rectangle, and it's thin, like a plate. And you lay it down right behind where you're chipping. So that way, you cannot hit it fat. You are forced to be hitting the ball in the appropriate spot. Because if you do hit behind it, you hit that, makes a loud banging, bouncing noise. And that has really helped set a marker in my brain with a physical action, what my brain needs to be telling my body to do. So, Take that. If you've got something, you can also use a towel. I like the little plastic sheet thing because it makes a loud noise and rattles the club and just sends a better signal to you that you messed up. But you can use a a towel as well because you're going to catch the towel and hit the towel and, and a bad shot and you can know, lay the towel back out. So if you don't want to carry around something, something you can actually use the drive brain because you know, most all of us keep a towel on or you don't, you shouldn't. Because little stuff like that that I used to be more lazy about when I was young, younger. Clean your clubs when you get sand all over them or when you get mud all over them. Clean them up, especially before the next shot, because it does affect the play of the ball. Same with when you can pick up your ball, like once you get on the green, pick it up, clean that ball off. If you got an extra in your pocket, maybe swap it out so that way it doesn't affect your putt. And speaking of putting, I'm not a putting right now. I've been putting just just on feel my entire life. I've never had any lessons on it. So I know that I kind of chunk at the ball. I kind of smack at the ball. Like I come back and then I chop. There it is. I chop at the ball right when I'm about to address it. And that causes it to go left or right. Not drastically. I've learned how to, you know, hit with my style like we all do. But this has really allowed me, this, this, this drill has really allowed me to get better at just coming right ball and, and a smooth swing where I strike the center of the ball on my putt. And you never really talk about how important that is, and it's very important. Also, I might get into it in an episode, but there are different types of putters. If you've been using the same putter your whole life and never gotten better, go do some research, read about it. There are different putter swings that we have, putter strokes that we have, and there's so many types of putters nowadays that you can create just a more forgiving putter and swing for you because of the new technology we have. So all that being said, what we're 
working on right now is Jason wants me to practice four and four is what he calls it. You got to you got to be able to hit the four foot putts. A lot of times, you know, if you're out with friends and whatnot, it's a lot of gimmies. I've been trying to be a lot more honest about that. I really don't take one unless it's at least a putter's length or, or within, because I want to know what my true game really is. So that four foot is important, and also you're only bringing that club. Back that putter head back, maybe two, three inches. In fact, what Jason was saying is it's it's one inch per foot. So you got four foot putt, you're coming back three or four inches, and that's true up to about eight feet. But of course, it's there. There is some, some leeway in that as well. But you should be able to get into the hole, assuming we're on a flat surface and breaks and drops and elevation changes. So with all that being said. That is what the, the, the four-foot portion of that is. Then you've got the 40-foot. And the idea behind the 40-foot is most people ain't making 18-foot putts. Most people ain't making 12. Most people ain't making 20. The idea is it's 40, a good middle of the road. Get it to flag stick. If you can get it close to the flag stick, and then you can make those four-foot putts, and you feel comfortable from getting a putt 40 feet out with the true intention that you put two putts then you'll get better with everything else. And 40 feet away, you got to get up there. You got to make sure you make solid contact with the ball. You got to get good at beating the green, seeing the elevation changes and, and seeing the breaks, knowing how you hit the ball. Once again, though, you want to come through with that putter. If you don't want to smack at the ball, chop at the ball, you want to come through and make clear, good contact with the ball. In fact, they, Jason hooked me up to a putting machine, and it showed that I was always opening my club face on my putter, much like all of the other clubs in my bag. And so now I actually hood my putter just a little bit, just a little bit. It, and it really kind of makes me better at setting up my putter swing just in general and my direction, because I know I'm hooding it, hoping that that hood will stray when I come through on the ball. But then it also really reminds me to think about Wait, which, which direction am I really? So that's been very helpful. Next, moving on from lessons, I did get to play one time. Next, moving on from lessons, I did get to play one time. It was me, our head brewer, Kevin, sales director, Tyler. We went out and played a quick nine at Bobby Jones one day after work. and We were chasing daylight, but uh, the days were getting a little bit longer. So we got the nine in, and it was a... It was a decent round on a on a scorecard. I shot a fifty. I had some really good holes. I played well overall, but I had a couple of blow up holes. The funniest part, though, is uh, me and Tyler are pretty evenly matched, but and, and we both shot a fifty. But Kevin, who was substantially better than us, he got a fifty as well. So I, I don't know the last time I saw a scorecard where everybody came in with the exact same score, but it was a fun day. Had a couple of Calamity Janes, of course. You're a golf. It's here in Georgia and hopefully beyond soon. But anyways, it was a good time. Like I was saying, this is the new format for these podcasts. Very off the cuff, sort of recapping, talking talking through what I did with lessons and playing and, and a little bit about fitness in my life, especially evolving golf. So once again, as always, thank you all for listening like you can follow me on social medias at elliot p hall that's two l's two t's two l's 
on most social media websites. And also, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe. I'm not sure all the places I have this hooked up to yet, but I know it's a few. So, Elliot Hall, have a great day, y'all. Thanks. Thanks.